0: Hello everyone, welcome to a Thursday after shortly afternoon post, uh, both on podcast and Facebook. We're talking about part five of the divine path to tilt the floor and win the lost. This is a power pack, uh, 30 minute session here of study of the word of God, so we don't want to... uh, Miss a second of it. We want to welcome our friends on podcast, our friends on Facebook, from around the world. We want to remind you, you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapels Direct Messaging. And don't forget my book, I Surrender, available on, through Amazon and in your local bookstore. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is says to us, and then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Father, we ask that Jesus would speak and the Holy Ghost would show us what we need to know, do understand, and demonstrate. We'll surrender ourselves, yield ourselves, and sanctify ourselves to present that to your people, release it, and as we do, we all will be changed gloriously. By the word of God, we praise you for it all in the lovely name of Jesus, in your lovely name, who is our Lord, our high priest, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Akram, how are you? Uh, Today I'm speaking concerning the divine path to the tilt of the floor and the means to win the lost. I'm sharing that means to do so as being now we are into the phase of being the Holy Spirit. Today, allow me to begin Session 5 with the teaching on Jesus on this very subject, and he's speaking uh, in John 16 to the, the disciples just prior to his crucifixion. John 16:8, and when he is come, he'll reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. They've not yet changed their mind into believing of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see him no more. The Holy Spirit will convict and convince ones to follow Jesus where he is going. It will be through this process that they in the spirit world will both see and hear Jesus. Hi, Tony. What is the step that leads to the spiritual encounter? It's the step of coming into righteousness. Of judgment because the prince of the power of the world is judged. Now, a dynamic thing occurs here of which the Holy Spirit initiates in the believer. Justice begins to come the means whereby the prince of the power of the world is dealt with in the heavenly economy. You can see right here that the tables have changed and it has been done through the Holy Spirit. Now, notice this. The Holy Spirit convicts the sinner to believe. The Holy Spirit convinces the follower Of his righteousness. Then the Holy Spirit elevates the status of the follower until uh, the follower is established in the divine law of God, and that is righteousness. Uh, And they bring then the ability to condemn the Prince of the Power of the Air and those who follow him because they have allowed the Holy Spirit to use them to minister justice to those who are engaged with the prince of the power of the air. What a thought. John chapter 16, uh, those three verses there, four from 8 to 11, show us exactly how the Holy Spirit is going to dynamically tilt the floor in our favor. Now, John 12, go there. Verse 24, "'Verily, verily, I say unto you, "'Except a kernel of wheat or a corn of wheat "'fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. "'But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. "'He that loveth his life shall lose it, "'and he that hateth his life in this world "'shall keep it unto life eternal.'" If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also shall my servant be. Listen to that now. If any man serve me, him will the Father honor. I'm going to show you how he honors you in just a moment. Now, is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause, what cause? This cause of death, that would do what? Cause a man to gain his life. Allow people to serve him and follow him. (coughs) Allow them to become his servants and serve him. And those that the father was going to honor. There must be a death for any fruit to grow. One must follow the teaching of death and the losing of their life if they desire to gain their life. If you serve me, then follow me. It begins with death. Where I am... There will my servant be as he follows me. Serve me and my Father will honor you. Now that's very critical because I'm going to get to that in just a minute with reference to the Holy Ghost. You don't want to miss it. I could say, Father, don't do this. Don't, don't send me to the cross. But I know, Jesus saying, I came to die so that I could grow the fruit of servants who would follow me and serve me and so that those servants could be rewarded by my Father. Now watch this. Father, glorify thy name. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Ha ha, pay attention. Father, you now place the glory upon my actions. Think about this. Even as he speaks this, the Father is listening to his teaching. This tells us of the approval of the path and the journey of which he's about to take. It also tells us that those who follow him in this journey are also very much so approved. Honor my teaching, Father. I have honored you and I have taught what you have told me to teach. I will honor it as I complete the things you have given me to do and teach what will happen is that servants will begin to follow me. They will be rewarded for their servants and for being followers. There is a depth of relationship that exceeds the realm of believing. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to them. Hi, Diane. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. So they heard the confirmation of what Jesus was saying. I want you to get that. They heard the converse- confirmation. They said it thundered, but Jesus said, This voice spoke. There was a confirmation. The purpose was for them to identify that it was the Father. The message was recorded by John, so the ears of those who need to know the content were filled with the voice of the Father. This happens again on the day of Pentecost. And when I teach the message concerning the uh, error that is being taught You're going to see a revelation about Pentecost that you nor no one else has ever brought to bear. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the power of this world be cast out. Here Jesus described what is about to happen as they come into servitude. Now watch this. And are honored and rewarded by the glory of the Father. The prince of the power of the world will be cast out. Now is the condemnation of justice pronounced upon this world. It's done as Jesus dies and as you and I die with him. It's completed as the Father glorifies his death and then replicates that glorious death into your life. The prince of the world will be cast or ejected and expelled from the presence of the glory of the Father. Pay attention. The prince of this world will be cast or ejected and expelled from the glory of the Father. Now, how could this be done? Look at verse 32. John 12. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Because he was going to be lifted up, when did this happen? Well, did it happen when he told Mary He was going to be with his Father? Did it happen whenever he was lifted on the cross? No, because he returned to see others. Did this happen? Does this lifting up thing have deeper implications for us with respect to how the world will be judged? If so, what is it? Well, he's lifted up from the earth in Acts 1. Hi, James. Hi, Jim. What did he do? When he did, when he was lifted up, now listen, he was lifted up on the cross. He ascended the first time after he met with Mary when he said he was going to his father in John 20. He ascended another time whenever he uh, ascended in their sight in Acts chapter 1. So we know that Jesus Christ has been lifted up at least three times. We know that. It's in the scripture. So, he's lifted up from the world, the earth, and Acts 1. What did he do? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. What did he do the first time he was lifted up? He died on the cross. There he shed his blood for the sins of mankind, took all that sin upon him, and began the six phases of salvation. He second time he ascended, he told Mary, I'm going, and he took the blood sprinkled the blood on the vessels of ministry, became the high priest over his own sacrifice, entered into the throne room of God where God exalted him and called him Lord. He came back according to what we read in Matthew 28 and John 16, uh, Mark 16, and there he pronounced his lordship into the earth. He walked among men and told them many things. Then Acts chapter 1 comes along. We know that in John 20, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit because they had to come under the actions of the cross and the actions of the blood just like everybody else does. And then in Acts chapter 1, the Bible said, he, after that he had been lifted up, he gave commands to the apostles through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, he teaches them about The baptism of the Holy Spirit. How to be endued with power from on high. And then he ascends. He sits down at the right hand of God. And something miraculous happens then in Acts chapter 2. And we're going to get to that. What did he do in Acts chapter 2? He released the Holy Spirit into those who were awaiting the endowment of power from on high. Now what was the purpose of such an action? Well, the purpose was to draw men unto him. Every action of Jesus Christ, where he was lifted up, was to draw men unto him. Now, there are four of those actions. I've only spoken of three of them. There's one coming. Now, on the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 of those who stood at the east gate, heard the message of Peter, and were drawn to him. So the catalyst of the entire episode was The first drawing, the first lifting, the cross. Jesus taught it that way, uh, but he also taught that there was going to be more to the story. He would sit down knowing that his enemies would become his footstool because he had been lifted up and released the means for men to be drawn to him. Our modern church world doesn't like this idea because it takes the impetus away from their intellect. But this is how Jesus taught it nonetheless, friend. Now compare this with this chapter, Ezekiel chapter 10. Now there's a lot in there that's coming up whenever I preach or teach, uh, maybe even later in the day, but certainly beginning tomorrow, on repairing the error that is being taught in our world concerning the Holy Spirit. But in Ezekiel chapter 10, and the cherubims were lifted up. This is the living creature that I saw by the river Shebar. And when the cherubims went, the wheels went by them. And when the cherubims lifted up their wings to mount up from the earth, the same wheels also turned not from beside them. When they stood, these stood, and when they were lifted up, These lifted up themselves also, for the spirit of the living creature was in them. The glory, now, 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 now. The glory of the Lord departed from the house, from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubims. Now we see how God, Jesus taught, That he would, Father said, I've glorified you and I will glorify you again. Now we see exactly how it happened. We see how the glory of the Lord was redistributed back into the earth. And it happened on the day of Pentecost. The glory of the Lord came and Ezekiel saw it. Now there's a lot more to this and I will unpack it for you in a subsequent teaching. But I want you to notice how many times in this phrase, here's why I give this portion to you today, that the word lifted up is used. Well, would this correlate with what Jesus was referring to in John twelve thirty two when he said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Was this the reference to what would transpire after the provision to the, of the Holy Spirit? Because now we find a fourth lifting. Now, why do I say this? Because prior to the book of Acts, everything that was done was done solely with the Jew in mind. But in John 12, 32, Jesus clearly says something that I want you to see. He says, I will draw all, all men unto me. Now, there were two types of people defined in Scripture. There were the Jews and the Gentiles. That, that fit the description of which would make up this term all. Then he, that, this he said signifying uh, what death he should die. He said this knowing that he would be lifted up on the cross. Now he, we must understand that this is the first of four liftings that Jesus would go through. I've addressed now all four. I've addressed the cross I've addressed the lifting to his father where he became high priest. I've addressed the ascension of which we all call the ascension out of Acts chapter 1. But now we find that the glory of the Lord, the the glory of the Godhead of which Ezekiel called the God of Israel was uh, uh, lifted up from the threshold of the house. And Ezekiel says that upon that lifted, lifted cherub they saw the God of Israel. <laughs> yeah, they saw the man in the Godhead who's returned their bodily. So we have the cross, we've seen the father in John uh, Jesus in John 2017, we've seen him the third time when he was lifted up and seated at the right hand of majesty, and Ezekiel tells us of another lifting. It's the lifting of the cherubim and the God of Israel upon the cherubim that is lifted up as he deposits the glory of the Lord. So we now see that there are four liftings that that Fall all fall into category in John twelve thirty two, the cross started the catalytic events that put in motion all the movement between heaven and earth. The blood reconciled and sanctified anyone who would be by faith come to believe upon Jesus Christ and follow him in his actions. That second ascension placed Jesus back in position of which he held or the third ascension rather, uh, placed Jesus then back in the position of which he held from the foundation of the world. Paul shares this for us in Colossians chapter 2, I believe it's verse 8 or 9, where he refers to him as the one who has the fullness of the Godhead bodily. From here, Peter says that he released the promise of the Father. Then Ezekiel shows us that the God of Israel is lifted up by his cherubim after having completed the release of his glory through the ministry of the Holy Spirit into the upper room of the 120. There's no question that he was lifted up. Now we uh, say, of course, there's no question that he was lifted up, but that final Lifting that fourth lifting is the time when all a l l men would certainly be drawn unto Him. Now let's address the question that lingers. Jesus said this in verse twenty-six very plainly of uh, of uh, if any man serve me of John twelve. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Well, what was he honoring him with? The glory that he promised. Jesus, I have glorified you and will glorify you again. So we are seeing Jesus in in, uh, Scripture, which we're about to unfold for you, defining what that glory is. And we see Ezekiel telling us that on the threshold of the house, God was depositing his glory. In verse 33, John writes that he signifies what death he should die. Now we follow him and we are placed on a tree with him. The writer of Hebrews tells us he was crucified once and for all. So we don't have to literally be crucified. We follow him in spiritual realms end of that action. We are crucified, as Paul told us in Galatians 2.20, and then our flesh, as we follow him, is crucified, as Paul told us in Galatians 5.24 and 25. Then we put on the new man, as described by Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 and Colossians 3.10, as we deposit our sin nature in as we are delivered and resurrected with Christ. So, Do we follow him in all three ways in which he is lifted up? Well, according to verse 26, we do. We follow him if we serve him. We follow him. Someone said, see, all you have to do is follow his commands, and you will be his servant. Well, not so fast, my friend. He didn't stop with that comment. He said, where I am, there shall my servant be. So where did he go from the cross? Well, he went to be the high priest over his own sacrifice. So where should we be? Well, we should be those that are his sanctified brethren who have followed him into the tabernacle. Where did he go after that? He went into the throne room of God and was declared Lord. So where should we be? We should be accepted in the beloved and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, who is now Lord because we have been brought in to be a citizen under a kingdom. We're not members anymore. We're citizens under a kingdom. Where did he go after that? He came back to earth and replaced his dominion into the hands of his servants. The Father glorified his work in them, and through them they were charged by Jesus to tell of this dominion. And to lead others to believe and follow through faith in their word. This dominion is established in his name. This dominion fostered faith. And faith then fostered following. As he was lifted up, the process of drawing men began. As he was lifted the last time, the means of drawing was revealed in Jerusalem. As the Holy Spirit's work would continue to this day. Now we can clearly identify with each of his liftings as we identify his third ascension to ratify the opportunity for all men to come to him and be brought into his kingdom. But we don't want to adhere to the fourth lifting. For the benefit of the believer who does not believe in this work, well, you can be saved and you can go to heaven off the first three works. But they will make living the Christian life difficult. Why? because they could get caught up in those common things and be caught up quickly. Once caught in the common things, they're more likely to coalesce to the behavior than eradicate the behavior. This becomes, my friend, an extreme spiritual deterrent. The lifting of Jesus Christ that was accomplished by the cherubim, according to Ezekiel chapter 10, um, is equal at a minimum. To the first three liftings, but in reality, it is much far farther in depth and much greater. Well, let's look in to see what Jesus said about the matter in John fourteen. Can we? Jesus said, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father." Can you see it in there? Look at the scripture. I'm going to unpack it for you. He that believeth is one who exercises faith to change his mind, to crucify his flesh, and to deposit his old nature. They experience healing and forgiveness, healing, preservation of their spirit as their flesh dies, and the deliverance in the resurrection. They can accomplish the works, but the word works in the Greek, means toil, effort, acts, and deeds that require labor. In other words, they're going to do things that require them to literally roll up their sleeves and work at it. So they will have to find ways to communicate to an audience that it is in opposition to their message. Well, we've done that. And that has developed in us a complete misrepresentation and a mishandling of the gospel. For the same reason, why why would we not want that to happen in Christ's gospel? Why would we have misrepresented the gospel? Because we've tried to make it easier. We've tried to make it accessible. We've tried to make it so everyone could have it. Well, you know, my friend, we no longer ride horses instead of drive cars. That's what we do in our world. We take the hard thing and find a way to make it easier. We take the thing that seems to be inaccessible, try to make it accessible. Why? Because we gravitate. To easier means of doing the things that we think we want and the things we think we need. Well, Jesus moves us into a deeper dimension in John 14. That dimension is greater works. What is considered here? What is considered a greater work? The word greater in the Greek means mega or larger work, M E G A, mega, like that we now call our mega churches. It is more. Uh, work that we're able to accomplish by Jesus and in a much greater way what was the means by which that was to occur because he went to his father and if he went to his father he would be lifted up to his father what would he do once he arrived with his father and I'm about to close right here what would he do once he arrived with his father he would answer their prayers What were they doing in Acts 2? As Pentecost was occurring, they were praying. The prayer would be answered due to in whose name it was requested. It was lifted. The Father would be glorified by the answer. Ezekiel 10, 18. Then the glory of the Lord departed from off the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim's. He said, ask in my name and I'll do it. Now watch. Keep what I tell you as a commandment. Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another one just like me. What about it? He will glorify me. And he will give you his glory. And it will sit upon the threshold. And it will be instilled into the earth. And it will be transferred From those to whom I'm teaching this. Notice one last thing. The world can't receive this glory. Because they don't see the Holy Ghost, neither do they know him. But he told them, you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Look closely to why this lifting that happened by Ezekiel's prophecy in Ezekiel 10. Look closely. And what you're going to see is is that lifting takes the ultimate position with respect to all four of the liftings of Jesus. It is here that the glory of the Lord is deposited in the believer who has by faith come through the lifting of the cross, come through the lifting of him into the tabernacle and the sprinkling of blood. Come through the lifting of him To be placed back in position Of which he was from the foundation of the earth And then received the glory Of the promise of the Father And had him lifted by the cherubim My God, my friend The Holy Ghost is our answer All we've got to do is follow Jesus Now the floor is tilted Because the value of greater works that are to be accomplished in us by Jesus himself, speaking through the Holy Spirit and using you as the means to disseminate the work has been given to you by the glory of the Father. Think about that. The floor now is changed because we have been in filled with the glory of the Of the Father of which he promised us That he would do And we never understood it We never saw it We thought oh isn't that going to be a great thing We'll be glorified and we get to heaven my friend He has already done that In the Holy Spirit The floor is already tilted at this angle It's prepared for you To come into the gift And works Greater works of the Holy Spirit It's already done, but we don't do it. So we attempt to remain on an intellectual plane that will take us to heaven if their darkness doesn't somehow refocus us. And somehow their common thing doesn't take us away from Christ. But God has said, Here's my glory. Here's my promise. It belongs to you. Come to me. Receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And those that you are spending countless hours praying about, God will give you the words through the Spirit to pierce their heart, to go into the joints and the mirrors, to search them and pull out of them that Jesus Christ has died for them and they are in sin and convict them and convince them of truth and bring them into the judgment of righteousness and then set them in a plane where they will be able through that Holy Spirit to work against the prince of the power of the air and convict and convince others of what Jesus has done. He has given us the answer, and we refuse. Now, what we're refusing, we think, is tongues. I'm going to show you that's not so. But what we are refusing is two critical spiritual elements. We are refusing the teaching of Jesus, and we are refusing the glory of God the glory of the Father as He promised Jesus He would give us. Father, we thank You for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand. Give us a hearing ear. Give us a seeing eye. Give us a heart that is willing to be open to truth. Father, I praise you and worship you for it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, our man, the Godhead. I see some wonderful people. I see Richard, James, Diane. I saw Kamir. I saw Tony. I appreciate all of you. This is power packed. Don't miss. Don't miss the content of this message. I praise God for you. And look forward to speaking with you again soon. God bless you my Facebook friends. May you find him as Lord. And if you do you will find him as the one. Who is working the new covenant in your behalf. May you find him as the man in the Godhead bodily. There you are going to find him as the one. Who is bringing to you great and mighty things. Showing you things that you did not know. May God bless you is my prayer.